We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. Because of that, I thought, okay, summer is hot, but it's hot, right? And so I thought maybe I ought to preach on some hot topics. So let me give you a preface to what I'm going to say today, because some people will only hear what they their feelings will hear. Other people will only hear what their situations will hear. So let me preface my message today by saying, number one, I am the most compassionate pastor I think that I know of. I love everybody with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I am the most merciful and the most graceful pastor. So take those things out of the equation. Also, I want you to know that if you disagree with anything theologically that I say today, you can send me comments and text me. But please accompany scripture to support your uh, position and not just an opinion, okay? I get lots of opinions and they are free. And uh, I've realized through the years they change. My opinions have changed through the years. But the word of God is what I want to preach today. And I want you to hear me because I believe that this is one of the areas that the enemy is attacking above all else. I want you to hear that. It is one of the areas that the enemy has tried to force. Now, there's three things that happen in every country, in every kingdom, in every, everything. There's values and morals and culture. Keep those three things in your heart today. Values, morals, and culture. So today, I want this SummerSlam message to hit a hot topic, and the topic is this, family. Family. My family is my most precious possession. Most precious. There is nothing worth more to me, my salvation, than my family. And it has to be that way in every one of our lives. Family has to be the most precious possession. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 24, verses 3 through 4. The wisest man wrote this and he said, By wisdom a house is built. Through understanding... It is established, and through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. So it's built, it's established, and then it's filled. It is built, established, and filled because of three very essential elements. The first is knowledge. Knowledge fills the rooms with treasures. Knowledge is information. It is our responsibility with our family to get all of the correct information on how our family needs to be constructed. On how our family needs to be established and built. Knowledge, you have to go out and get it. It does not come to you. We will spend more money on a drive-through 
than we will on a book to tell us how to handle our families. And the book's going to stay with you longer than a piece of chicken or a hamburger. You have to go out and get it. Understanding is comprehension. We not only have to have the knowledge, we have to comprehend the knowledge. And then wisdom is the application of that knowledge. So, so we have knowledge, we go out and get it, we understand it, we com com comprehend it, and then we apply that knowledge. The Bible says that wisdom is supreme. You can know a lot of things and still not yet apply it. And especially apply it correctly when it comes to the family. Listen, through the years, I've seen a lot of crazy applications in families. And they'll use scriptures, but they use it out of its contextual meaning. They, they take it out of what God meant for it to say. And when we have to deal with our families, we've got to know what is the truth. Not social truth, but what is the biblical truth about families. That's all I want to know. I want to know what does God's word say. Not what society says, because it will say something different from generation to generation. Not what our government says, because it says something different from generation to generation. But what does the Word of God say? What is the truth? And if you want truth, you don't get it from word of mouth. If you want truth, you go to the original owner's manual. How many of you have cars today that are smarter than you are? If you want to learn how to do something, don't go ask somebody else. Get the owner's manual out and read it, understand it, comprehend it, and then apply it for yourself. How many of you love gadgets? My wife is a gadget person. Every new gadget comes out. We have a Google Home thing, and basically all I want to do is ask it, tell me a joke for the day or, or a set of timer or something. But you can use that thing to do all kinds of things for you. And my phone has a lot more ability than what I use because I only comprehend so much. So I only apply so much. And so today I want to give you truth so you can help get it and then you can understand it and then you can apply it because the family is the most important institution God ever created. It was created before government, and it was created before the church. It is God's holiest institution on this earth. Today I want to talk about kingdom standards. Jesus came to this earth not to bring a religion. The religious people opposed him. He came to bring a kingdom from heaven to earth. And that kingdom has standards by which we live, by standards on how we build a family, establish a family, and fill our family. The truth is in the kingdom of God, not in a country that is called America or Russia or China or anywhere else. Heaven's standards, heaven's order of government is different from the laws that we live by in this country. Kingdom standards are worldwide. They transcend every generation, every culture, every moral, and every value. When Jesus was asked, where do you come from? He said, I, he didn't say Jerusalem. 
He, he didn't say Bethlehem. Where do you come from? He answered, I come from heaven. I have been sent from heaven to deliver a kingdom to be lived by on earth as it is in heaven. We are aliens in this world. If you're saved, listen, we are not from the earth. We've been sent to the earth. This is the transitional phase we're in. And when we take our last breath or the Lord comes back, we will go home. This world is not our home. This is not our culture. These are not our values. And these are not our morals. Where we find our morals and values and culture is in the word of God. We do not act where we are. We act where we are from. My wife is from Louisiana. If you tempt her in the least little bit, she will begin to talk like Louisiana people talk. And she will tell you that she loves mud bugs. And she loves them a lot. And she will crack them open and eat the tail and suck the head. And, and, and It's not a pretty sight, but that's where she's from. She's dangerous. I will tell you that I am from Mississippi. And if you get me back where I'm from for the least little bit, I will talk like a Mississippi boy. I will act because that's where I'm from. We are from heaven. So we've got to act like it, talk like it, live like it, look like it. Come on. Jesus came and said this, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He said the kingdom is now here, right in front of you. And he said, pray like this. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is. See? He brought kingdom culture. Kingdom values and kingdom morals. The kingdom is to be established, built, filled in the family. I want to tell you what the family is. The family is the cure. For all things. The word of God says this. The family is the solution. To all the national issues. That we face right now. The family is the key. To a great government. The family is a key. To a great community. And the family is a great key. To a great church. The family is the foundational unit. For reproduction. It is the prototype of society. Society should be a reflection of the condition of the family. And it is today. The family is reflecting onto society. And society reflects back, this is the condition of the family. In order to change society, we have to change the family. In order to change the family, we've got to hear truth. We've got to get some truth, understand it, and apply it. The family is not a product of the state. Government should not tamper with the family. It is not the government's responsibility to provide for us and to raise our kids and to take care of our problems. It is the family's responsibility. 
disillusion of the family is the disillusion of society. The church, community, and the nation is only as strong as the family. So what is the number one target of the enemy today in our world? The family. He has strategies to destroy the family. We have let the world discipline our children. The family is a product of natural law. And this is where it's going to get a little iffy right in here, but I've just got to give you some truth so we can comprehend it and then apply it. Natural law in humans and in the animal kingdom is male-female. It is not male-male. It is not female-female. Those are not natural law combinations. It is not natural. It is not from God. It is unnatural. And our society is trying to force values, morals, and culture upon the church. And the church is sitting back quiet because we do not want to offend anyone. Or hurt anyone. I do not want to do that today. I love everyone. But I'm trying to tell you what God has declared in his word. Look at it. Proverbs 24, 3-4. By wisdom a house is built. Through understanding it is established. And through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. So let me today give you purposes of the family. The family is to secure society. Society does not secure the family. The family is to sanctify society. All issues in our society have been and will be traced back to the family. If we have mental issues in our family, it is traced back to our family. If we have emotional issues, spiritual issues, criminal issues, broken homes, pregnancies out of wedlock, it is all traced back to our families. Webster has a definition of the family. And here's what Webster says. It is the basic unit in society traditionally consisting of two parents rearing their children. A group of individuals living under one roof and usually under one head. I disagree with Webster. I don't think it's just two parents. I think a family, traditional family, word of God, kingdom family, is one male and one female parents presiding over and ruling over the family. Family in the Hebrew is oikos. It means lineage. I'm giving you information today. Lineage. Lineage means I come from a source. I am here today because of all the previous generations before me. I come from a source. In the Hebrew, we have this source. In kingdom standards, male, female, get married, then have children. They reproduce themselves. In our society, we do not have the same values. We do not have the same culture. 
We do not have the same morals. And so sometimes we, hey, listen, I want to tell you this. All of us here today are affected by society's cultures, morals, and values. All of our families have been affected by this world's social society, kingdom values, morals, and culture. We've all been influenced. Every one of us here today, we have situations. I do and you do. Our situations do not change the kingdom standards. We have to come to grips with what is truth. 1 Timothy 5.8 says this. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So whose responsibility is it to provide for the family? The family's responsibility. Yeah. Not the government, not society. And today we have people who are saying, well, what is the church going to provide for me? Well, the church will provide truth. You then have to comprehend it and apply it in your own life. Well, what are the schools providing for me? Well, they provide an education for your children, but the education of a child should not be in the schools. And I'm talking about life education. I love teachers. Thank God for teachers. I'm here today because of some awesome teachers. But parents have left the teaching of their children up to the schools. Listen, there's things we need to teach our children in our homes. The first teacher a child should have is his mother and his father. That's what the Word of God says. We are to teach our children. Ephesians 5, 28 through 20, uh, 25 through 28. Here's another sticky topic today. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands, you ought to love your wives as your own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. I want to focus on this today. Husbands, love your wife. All right. Come on, Pastor. We got too many husbands loving somebody else's wife. Love your wife, not his wife. All right. Go home to your wife, not his. Preach, Pastor. We've got ministers who are committing adultery today. Yes. They're loving other men's wives. We have people who are committing adultery and no one is saying anything. We're applying culture of a society when we should go back to the cultures, values, and morals of the kingdom. What are they today? I believe we have a generation that's being raised that they haven't even been taught kingdom, generational culture, morals, and values. I need our teenagers to hear this today. I need our adults to hear this today. The church is not saying it because, listen, if the church does, then the church is not showing mercy and grace. I've told you beginning, I'm giving all mercy and all grace because we have all messed up. Amen? Amen. I have sinned. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I do not have any stones. I cannot cast any stones. But I can tell you what the truth is. The truth is the church is not condemning. And the church is not judging. No. 
The church is simply telling the truth in love. Come on. The church is talking about kingdom standards. They are not the same as the social standards, values, and cultures that we live in. Because we do not live by these standards as Christians. Oh, let me, by the way, tell you this. The term Christian has now been changed for two definitions. You know that? I've just learned this. That everybody who lives in America is a Christian. Because you live in a Christian nation. So what we now have to change semantics to, because every generation changes things. We now have to say this. Listen, everybody's a Christian. So saying you're a Christian does not have the same meaning it did previous generation. So what we have to now say is, I am a citizen of heaven. My name's written in the Lamb's book of life. I have gained my, my, my role in heaven because I'm now a member of the family of God. I'm a citizen. Religion has membership. Kingdom has citizenship. So we are now citizens of the kingdom of God. Love your wife. If we have men loving your wives, you won't have to worry about anybody else's wife. All right. I've been with my wife for 40 years last month. Why? Because I have understood, I have applied wisdom <laughs> that when I got married, I said I will be faithful to her till death do us part. She is my wife. I have made a contract with God that I will love her, protect her, watch over her, provide for her. And when we have children, I will do the same. I will then train up my children in the way they should go. That's my responsibility, not the church's. I'm the head of my household. Yes. I'm the one who trains up my family. I'm the one who loves my wife. The problem is today we got people spending too much time with the other sex. Listen, I will not spend more time with any other woman than I spend with my wife. All right. Not going to happen. And if you need me in the same time frame that my wife and my kids need me, I'm going to be with my wife and my kids. Because they are my most precious possession. I may change churches, but I do not change family. They are family. I will be with them. You know what the word husband means? House bond. The father, the husband, is the glue that holds this together. See, for generations we thought it was the woman, the wife. It's not. It's the husband. The house bond The house is bonded together because of the Father. What is the most rampant problem that we have in our society today? The lack of fatherhood in most families. So no wonder they're being torn apart because the Father is the bond that holds the family together according to God's standards. Yeah, the Father. The Father is the president. He presides over the family. The mother is the vice president. And she gives a lot of advice. As the president is wise, he will heed that advice. The kids are the board members. We keep our kids informed, but they don't rule my house. 
Parents rule the house. We're the big people. Amen. We still make the rules. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The kids are the board members. The neighbors are the clients. A family is a corporate effort. Management of the house is a man's greatest test of leadership. Greatest test of leadership is how you manage your house. Manager has the word in it, man. Ephesians 6, 4, fathers do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. That word exasperate means this, to say one thing and do something else. Do you know how frustrating that can be to kids? Don't do what I say, do what I do. No, we don't say that, do we? We say, do what I say, don't do what I do. It's very confusing. Train. Now, I understand the biblical meaning in the Hebrew means this, to, to take a small tree and to, to, to put... Uh, uh, ropes around it and, and tied to where when it grows, it grows straight. I understand that. But I thought about it in a different way this week. What about if it was a train, like a choo-choo train? How many of you know how long a train is? The train is actually just the engine. Everything after the engine, they are called cars. They're not the train. The train is the engine. And so what I do as a father, if I train my children, I hook them up to me. And wherever I go, they go. Because they're hooked up to me. I train them. I instruct them. And so what does that mean for me? If my kids can't do what I do, then I shouldn't do what I do. If I can't take my kids with me. If, if, if I don't want my kids saying what I'm saying, then I probably shouldn't say it because they're hooked to me. If they can't go where I go, then maybe I shouldn't go because my kids are going to go with me. If they can't drink what I drink, then maybe I shouldn't drink it. Come on. I'm just giving you kingdom truth today. Because I'm to train my children. They are going to follow me. Let, me. let me show you how this works according to the kingdom. The kingdom. Colossians 3.21 says, Father, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Wow. They will follow you whether you want them to or not. Because it's generation to generation to generation. We are all dealing with our forefathers Problems in our families. It didn't just show up in you or just show up in me. Look at this, Psalm 68, 6. God sets the lonely in families, but he leads out prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. The, the answer to loneliness, get in a family. What family? The family of God. If you're lonely, get in the church. Get connected. Find your family here. Get, some, get somebody that can mentor you and, and show you and give you knowledge. Get that knowledge and then get the wisdom and the comprehension to apply it into your life. Why? Because we've got a generation that has no set morals and no set values. And our culture is getting rampant. We don't have a hold on this thing. We've lost it. Numbers 14, 18. 
The Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiving sin and rebellion. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children, listen, for the sin of the parents to the third and the fourth generation. You and I today are still dealing with the sins of our parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, and great-great-grandparents. Those sins show up in our lives. I don't have the time to develop this today, but I'll tell you, Genesis says when we are born, we are born bent. When you were born, you were bent towards sin. We are conceived in sin. You're bent towards sin. And when you get saved, you get your life, what? Straightened up. Straightened out. God bends you toward Him. But until then, you're bent. And some of us are bent toward different tendencies. Why? Because of the third and fourth generations that we inherit because we have been conceived in sin. So these tendencies, if we do not get saved, they will show themselves in our lives. So how do we break that generational tradition? You repent and get your heart right with God and then you have a new Heavenly Father. And that Father will not exasperate you. He will not embitter you. But He will train you. This is how you live. This is how you walk. This is how you talk if you're a part of my family because this is how we act in my house. Did your parents ever tell you that? You throw a little fit, they go, we don't act like that in our house. Yeah. Look at this. Only God can break that. Psalm 78, 5 through 8. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so that the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. Wow. I've got children, well, grandchildren, not children. No more children. Grandchildren. <laughs> Great-grandchildren that are yet to be born. And I can teach them right now. That's what the Word of God says. I will teach them. Then they would put their trust in God, not forget His deeds, and keep His commands. They would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to Him. I can change, I can teach and train my kids. They then hand those traditions off to their kids and then they hand it off to their kids and it changes the traditional sins. We can break that apart. Because, hey, my daughter and my son still hooked to me. My wife still hooked to me. And I, where I go, they go. What I say, they say. What, what I hear, they hear. What I drink, they drink. What I eat, they eat. So I've got to make sure that I, as the father, do not exasperate them. I cannot get up on Sundays and, and spout off a lot of things and then go home and live different. I can't do that. I have to live it before I preach it. I have to understand it and apply it before I ever preach it. God's system is a transfer of values, morals, and cultures from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. 
I was in the house of God because my parents took me. You're hooked to me. We're going to church. There was never one Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Friday night singings, revivals, where they go, you can just stay at home and me and mom's going to go. Careful. No, you're hooked to me. We're going. I was on the basketball team. We had tournaments that started on Wednesday nights. Guess where I was on Wednesday night? In church. My coach had to understand. The first priority my parents put upon me is you are in the house of God. If your game starts late, then you can go play. But if it starts during church, you're going to miss it. Because there's more importance in the house of God than there is to shooting a basketball. I'm telling you. These are kingdom standards, not state standards. Not society standards. The kingdom of God and our society are not the same. Not the same. In our kingdom, we are different. We have a different standard by which we live. We, we don't lie. We don't covet. We don't commit adultery. We don't commit fornication. And the difference between the two is fornication is having sex prior to marriage. Fornication is having sex with someone other than your spouse after marriage. We don't do those things. We don't steal, kill, and on and on the list goes. You know the list. We control our mouths. We control our bodies. We control our minds, our spirit, and our soul. The family today is for socialization. The society should get all of its standards from the family. Churches are gathering together less and less because society is demanding that, that the family gets split up and, and they get meeting with society more than they're meeting with family and church. We've got every other excuse why we can't go to church. We've got a baseball tournament. We've got a softball tournament. We've got our kids in soccer and dance and cheer. Uh, those things are wonderful. I'm all for all of them. But not before God. We've got to train our children. The most important thing in life is your relationship with God. It's more important. Listen. You may have a child that's headed to the NFL or professional baseball or wherever. But if they gain the whole world and lose their soul, is it worth it? Is it worth a $140 million contract? No. It's not worth it. Our family is for civilization. We should get the civil rights from the word of God. And we should be civil because of our standards from the kingdom of God. The family is for preservation. We preserve from one generation to the next the standards of the kingdom of God. Our problems with society today all could be solved. If the family was strong again. The family is where we get our identification. That's where I got mine. My family. Yeah. We are identified by our families. The family is a place for procreation. It is a place for classification. It is a place for accommodation. Incubation. That's where I grew up was in my family. My family taught me how to treat other people. Society didn't. My mom and dad did. And when I grew up, he called everybody in the church brother and sister. 
You don't have to do that anymore, I understand, but it was an extra point of reverence. You know? That, that's Sister Veronica. That's Sister Ardetha. That's Brother Bob. It was an elevation of who they are. And man, if one of them would have told me as a child to do something and I didn't do it, it was the same as my parents telling me to do it. You know? I said, well, they're not, you're not my mama. Whoa. I would have got straightened up and straightened down real quick. I would have been trained. My caboose would have. I was the baby, so I was the caboose. The family's for incubation. This is where we incubate our children. This is how we train them up on how when they get in, get ready to take flight out of our family into society, they, they know how to, to be in a, a wonderful, qualified, and quantitative adult in the society. And they then have the ability and the knowledge and the wisdom and, and, and all of, so that they can make good decisions on their own. Listen, we have society today that's saying, oh, it's okay. Here, here's some condoms. Just be safe. And the Word of God says, well, well, wait a minute. You should save yourself from marriage. That's what the Word of God says. Yeah. But we have different standards today. And it's rampant. And the church is quiet because we do not want to go against and hurt anyone. Listen, I don't want to hurt anybody. Hear my heart today. I'm, I'm telling you the biblical standards of how a house is built, how it is filled, how it is established. People today, they, they, they diluted the word Christian. Christian means to be Christ-like in all that I do and say. We need to be citizens today. Live by kingdom standards. What are the standards? I've shared some of with them today about the family. About the father's role and the mom's role and the kid's role today. And we, we've got to get that back straightened up. We've got some trades where the kids are the ones pulling the parents. They get up on Sunday morning. Come on, Mom and Dad, let's go to church. Let's go. Well, kind of tired and it's kind of hot. And the kids are trying to drag the parents to church. And the parents are going, well, come on, Mom and Dad, I love church. I want to go. Listen, parents, they won't always feel that way if you don't. They get a little older, they go, well, why don't we, why don't we go to church? You, you didn't make us, so why are we going? When did you get that attitude? I got it from you. And then if they don't want to read the word, because they don't see you reading it, they don't see you praying. I told you, you know, we're not, nobody's perfect. We've all messed up. I told you before, I've confessed, we tried to have morning devotions every morning with our kids. We had this little devotional book. And some mornings it was awesome. We sat down and it was great. But eight times out of ten, it was hectic, rush, chaos. <sighs> okay, we gotta go, but just a minute. Uh, Today, the Word of God says, let's get out of here. But every day, they didn't leave the house without the Word and prayer. It may not have been the, the longest and the most slowed down, but we got it to them every day. And I'll tell you what, if you keep planting the seed of the Word of God in their hearts, 
And you train them. We're going to church. We're going to pray. We're going to live right. We're, we're, we're going to treat people right. We're going to, you're going to see our marriage and how it works. Because we illustrated in front of you. We showed our kids that we loved each other. We held hands. Put our arms around each other. We kissed in front of our kids. It was gross, I know. But we did that because we wanted them to know mom and dad love each other and this is our home and it's a safe place. You will always be loved at home. But you've got to act right. And in the church, we are family. And we need to act right. We need to love each other. Amen. We're family. You're my brothers. You're all I got. My, my wife and I have never had the privilege of living around our, our paternal and maternal family here on earth. Our church has always been our family. You're all we have. And I love you. You're my brothers. You're my sisters. And I would never let anybody say anything about you. Right. Never. Right. And I fight for my family. Don't mess with my family. And we are all part of God's family. And God feels the same way about you. Don't mess with my bride. The church is the bride of Christ. And he loves her. And he is doing what? He's washing her with the word. Cleaning her up to present it blameless. Because we are his bride. He wants bride to be without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Not because of our works. But because of his work and the blood of Jesus Christ that washes us pure and white. And has written our name in the Lamb Book of Life. And in the same way, I wash my wife and I wash my children with the word of God. And we give them instructions. We, we gave them knowledge. This is how you live. And then we did not exasperate them. We said, do as I do. Live as I live. Watch me. They're, they're going to whether you ask them to or not. There was an old commercial way back in the 1900s. Some of you are old enough to remember. It showed a dad sitting beside a tree. This is an old commercial. And the dad sat there and he got a pack of cigarettes out and lit it up. And Then around the other side of the tree it showed the little boy reach over and get the pack of cigarettes lighted up and said something about they're going to watch you and do what you do. And I thought, that's the commercials we used to have, you know. Saying kids are going to reenact what you are doing. And that's biblically true. From generation to generation to generation to generation. We all will do what we see done. It's example to us. And so as a church, as the bride of Christ, we need to example to our children how to live. In this world, by kingdom standards. Kingdom values, kingdom morals, kingdom culture. Because this is God's word. God's word. It's a hot topic today, isn't it? It's a sensitive topic in our society today. It's a sensitive topic in the church today. Because we are all touched by it. I am. You are. But we have to... Review it no matter what the situation, no matter what the, the, the way it happens, is what do we do with the Word of God? And the Word of God is filled with nothing but mercy and grace. 
And then he does ask us to repent. And then he says, hey, then now begin to work on getting things straightened out. Every we sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.